0: Well, good morning, Church. It's great to be here this morning. I miss seeing all of you, and I wish we could get together for these missions weekends. And um, We were expecting to have some special guests with us this weekend. Uh, Daniel and Katie Spackman from Alice Springs, that uh, lead our church there. And they were going to be coming here and being with us. And um, we're really disappointed that they couldn't be with us for this weekend. But with the amazing technology that we have, we're able to chat to them on zoom and we're going to have a conversation and just talk to them and, and, you know, we, we want to hear their heart and just what they're doing there in Alice Springs. Uh, you know, our church, their supports, their, um, their church, and we've been able to invest into what they're doing uh, through their building. And so we're really excited to, to have them with us this morning. Hey, Daniel and Katie, it's great to have you guys with us today. Yeah, thank hey, you, Trent. Good morning. Good morning. And um, so we you know, for many of our church, they wouldn't know you guys. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about how you came to be in Alice Springs? Um, what what God said and you guys going there? You know, it's one of the most um, isolated cities in our country. Many people go, well, why 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 would you go there? Um, but yeah, could you share with us a little bit about um, how you guys ended up in Alice Springs? Yeah, sure, I'll
1: start. Um, so the story goes... Uh, I must have been about 25. We were living in Melbourne at the time and we had our two little boys and I was finishing off a bachelor of social work degree at La Trobe University. Some of you might be there, who knows, church in Melbourne. Anyway, um, this social work degree at the very last bit, we had one of our teachers come in who was actually Aboriginal man. And he started to speak to us about, the Stolen Generation, he was drawing on case studies to illustrate child, uh, you know, attachment disorders and trauma and that kind of intergenerational trauma and these kind of issues he was teaching on. He was using the case studies from Stolen Generation. And I was 25 as a parent myself, and I was sitting in that lecture theatre thinking, I didn't even know this history much. You know, it was, I guess, I grew up in Hobart. Um, in a in an all girls Catholic school and I just you know sailed through school I knew about Aboriginal people but I didn't really know much about what it all was with the history and I think going into uni at that point was a real eye opener for me and and I remember sitting there and I was obviously we were strong Christians back then even and I remember thinking wow revival for our country is caught up in the healing of this people group and there was just this moment of like you know, I'd give my life for this cause. It was like the Lord just really put that in me at that point? And um, also around that time, God started speaking to us um, just about returning to our first love. I think that that time in your in your twenties, you can, you know, we both had jobs and we had our two kids and our two jobs and our double story house and our two cars. We were doing well. Um, we're doing everything our parents had encouraged us to do. Um, but there was this longing in our hearts we remembered as teenagers when we both really met jesus where we'd go anywhere we'd do anything and we'd stood on altar calls and given our lives you know we said look we'll go to the mission field we remembered having that conviction as as young people but i guess life had just um we'd just gone with the flow a little bit and so at that time the lord was speaking to me about the aboriginal people there was this fresh fire for the lord that had come back into our hearts and we were becoming really hungry for God again. And that was when we felt the Lord say, it's you know time to do a time of training. So we, we left Melbourne and we, we flew over to California and we did a couple of years over at the Bethel School there. And it was at the end of our time there, we just, well, we basically it wasn't very complicated. We just Googled where's the Aboriginal people and we realized the center was the highest population there's many Aboriginal, Indigenous urban Aboriginal people around the coastal areas of Australia, but um, where the the highest population was in an urban centre was Alice Springs, so that's what brought us over here.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And and so how's it been as a family? You mentioned that you, you grew up in Tassie and 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 I guess lived in society and, and had all the things that maybe everyone in our church might sort of go, well, that's just the norm. How's it been adapting to different lifestyle, um, the remoteness and for your kids as well?
1: Yeah, good question. Mm. Uh, I think for us, you know, everyone has a different call in life. And so we, you know, there's no way that we look at anyone else living in in cities or whatever, do just normal doing life and say, well, that's, you know, less than or anything like that. There's no judgment. It was just something that God had put in our hearts and stirred in us. Um, but I think you're right. I think there is many people that probably have had a stirring or a calling at some point and went, no, no, blah, 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 I'm getting busy now. Um, but for us, Uh, what really made it for us was just that desire to get closer to Jesus and um, one of our missions heroes uh, actually his name is Roland Baker you may have heard of him he says things like you know the reward of missions isn't missions the reward of missions is more of Jesus Mm -hmm. and so we we you know when you follow the Lord at the cost of the world he turns up in really radical ways and um, that's been beautiful to have followed him on that journey and that adventure. But yes, it's been practically it's challenging um, I think for our boys um, We were talking about this last night and um, Yeah for the kids I think what was really important for us at the time that we left California and we launched out and moved here we all knew that, that this is where God called us. Like we'd all heard from God in our own ways. And Jesse was eight, Elijah was 10. But at that point when we said, look, we're feeling this stirring on our heart boys. Like we made sure that they prayed about it. We made sure that they also felt the same thing. And so we moved here as a family that that felt that calling, which really helped. So if you're gonna do move out of the city, make sure your kids are on board yeah. to the point. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, I mean, it's, for them, it was really interesting when we first arrived, you know, I remember we had the, the fortunate blessing of being able to live in our, we, we rented a big home and we were able to live with some Aboriginal people and some grandmothers were staying with us at one point and our kids came, I picked them up from school, you know, at one point I'm just like a suburban mum, just picking my kids up from school and we drove back to our house for about 10 minutes out of town and we've just got red sand everywhere and these grandmothers would take our boys hunting and i just remember standing there at one point looking at them um, still in their little uniforms digging under a tree for witchery grubs and thinking okay this is different like there's suburban mums all over australia after school they're probably not doing this activity with their kids um but it was kind of novel for that first bit you know and then of course you hit challenges there's yeah i guess the the biggest thing is you don't really know you've got a culture until you're not in your own culture you have to overcome certain things. So, mm. yeah, yeah.
0: Person-kind. So, so you guys have been leading the church for a number of years. There now, um, can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like? You know, I've been and visited and caught up with you guys, and and you know, I think for many people, particularly in our church, would have a preconceived idea of what church looks like, and for you guys, it's very different. Um, what you yeah. do there is very different to what it would be like. For church here, um, can you share a bit with us? What does church look like? What you guys are doing in reaching out to people,
2: and and just some things around that? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely different. Uh, I guess because we're working with a, a, a people group that are you know, have very much different uh, values, and and uh, and the way they do life is very different. So we. Uh, We've got to try and not do our, you know, just bring what we're used to into church, I guess, in the way we do church. So some of that looks like um, a lot of them don't have cars or transport. There's no public transport on Sundays. So we, um, you know, we've got to go and we've got a few buses that we're running and we pick, uh, you know, probably two thirds of our church up by bus, you know, um, uh, because they don't have any means of getting to church. And so... Uh, so that that's the you know that's one, one big difference and they're very uh, quiet and deep people on the whole and, and they're very much present uh, in the present you know we're, and so you know just time uh, just doing things a lot slower and, and giving them time and allowing uh, for translation because often English is you know the third, fourth or fifth language that they speak given there's uh, four or five Aboriginal languages in this uh, area so, uh the english isn't always strong so some we try and do translations in church as well where we can where we've got someone that can translate and um yeah and so church can you know can look uh, at times be unruly as well with um young kids running around and running outside throwing rocks at the building while we're <laughs> while we're trying to um you know worship or or whatever it is in, inside you know so there, there's just a little bit of you know we've just got to uh, some, you know we I guess we're still learning um, very much a different culture and culture clash but we're trying to uh, we try to be a lot slower in the way we do things and, and um, just give them time and, and grace and, and really learn patience as well as we as we work with this uh, beautiful people group so um, yeah so it's, it's definitely different it can be um, you know we all the other thing we love to do is just give them an opportunity to share um, we really want to encourage them to share, especially for their own people. Um, and so we l- open up the microphone most of the weeks and allow, you know, if anyone's got a song, a worship song, to come and bring. A lot of them, a lot of, a lot of them have, um, you know, grown up and had amazing times with God, and so they often have these worship songs that mean a lot to them. And, um, and in language, often as well, they sing these beautiful worship songs. And so we encourage that and testimonies as well up the front, just to. Um, you know, get them involved as much as we can. So it gives a little bit of a picture anyway of um, what church church is like. Sometimes, you know, it goes for an hour and a half, sometimes two and a half, three hours, because we also put on a lunch as well at the end. Um, So there's no real time uh, constraints. We just go with the flow. Sometimes we start later than we would like to (laughs) because the buses haven't come in. Um, We're just really, uh, yeah, it's just we're trying not to um, get, Get caught up in a lot of those things that we uh, tend to uh, more so, I guess, in, in uh, a typical church.
0: So, yeah. And I, I, um, I think you shared with me what's on the menu for lunch after church.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, sometimes I, or Yeah, yes, that's right. We're on the
1: special occasions, <laughs> we do kangaroo town.
2: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's
0: great and I think um you guys have shared with me too in the past just around the the strong practical needs I think Katie you talked about just even helping mums raise their children and their their babies and helping them with practical things um yeah what does that look like for you guys
1: yeah the practical side I mean for us we were really convicted um you know we've done a number of different mission training schools and you know the different ones who've gone before us we've looked at what works and realizing you know love has to be practical the Bible says faith without deeds is dead and so for us to look at this this you know group that we really come in as learners and go we've got no idea you know you start again basically you start from fresh you see what's what is life like for you what's what do you struggle with you know and on the whole things like um, spiritual awareness and they're incredibly prophetic you know they they dream and they translate dreams and they you know um they've got a hunger for the word of god they're quite spiritual and they're quite deep um but practically you know many many people will come to church not having had breakfast they'll be hungry you know there won't be mm-hmm. there won't be food in their cupboards back at the camps a lot of them don't have transport a lot of them Um, you know, a sick, we have the largest dialysis unit in the Southern hemisphere, right here in this tiny remote town in the middle Mm -hmm. of Australia, um, because kidney disorders are so prevalent. And so people are hooked up to dialysis three times a week. And so Mm -hmm. many, you know, suffer from terrible sicknesses and disabilities and, you know, they're hungry. And and practically, you know, we, we just look at that and we go, right, you know, we can't just bring our little Pentecostal style church to you that will probably not like, it will just be like, we'll we'll miss you, you know, but if we get involved in your world, we try and learn a few of your songs and your language and we try and meet some of those needs. It'll be love in action to you. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for us like putting on a, a once a week community meal, that seemed like a really appropriate thing in this context where in another one where people have plenty of food, it might not be necessary. Um, we ran the bus ministry, uh, we, you know, we do try and get involved. We sit, you know, yeah. when we go into their homes, okay, they might be not in as much order or condition as we are aware, but you don't go in and go, you know, you go in and you just sit on the ground with the cockroaches and you just engage with the people and you don't, you don't look at that stuff. You try and get into their world. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, we, there's a number of different things we do. Yeah. Women with, um, sometimes their partners might be in jail, so if you know you've got a deep enough relationship where they really trust you, they'll invite you to go and you know support them in their births. So I've been to a number of different births in the last few years, and um, just building trust and and being family with the people was a real core value for us. So yeah,
2: there's
1: lots of practicalities. Just, yeah, that we, come we up. do
2: firewood uh, runs at this time of year as it gets colder. Mm-hmm. We uh, if we've got people to do it. We'll, and bring some firewood, because so, they love to cook on the fire. Uh, and just one little, you know, story I just want to share before we move on is the, uh, you know, often these people weren't celebrated. So we sort of started having a little bit of a tradition that just sort of came about, not because we thought about it or anything. We just started doing some birthday cakes um, on uh, Sundays for whoever's birthday it was. And you know, and it's just amazing to see. There's just one time we had this um, gentleman, Aboriginal man. It was his birthday. We we did, we. Gave me a birthday cake, and you know, this is a man that you know. They, they, it's quite a hard, hard life, but hardly ever. I can't remember ever seeing him smile, but that, that day, we brought out a, a, a um, birthday cake for him. You know, with the candles and you know, just brought a brought it, a simple thing like that. You know, just brought this smile onto his face. And you know, sometimes it's just these small things that you don't think much of, and you just think it's normal for our our lives. Um, actually, you know, it means a lot to them. Um, for, for a people group that often aren't celebrated, their birthdays aren't celebrated and, and they've got a lot of pain and, and, and trouble in their life. So, yeah. It's yeah. a funny
1: answer, isn't it? Why do you do that practically in Alice Springs? We we bring birthday cakes and firewood, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: That's so important though, isn't it? <laughs> Show love and care and, and yeah. that's so good. And and just to hear those those stories of people that haven't, had that celebration or that love in that practical way and
2: yeah
0: um, you know many people wouldn't understand and i've been and visited with you guys but the aboriginal people don't necessarily live in homes like we do they're in camps around uh, around the city and um can you share briefly what what's that like to give our people a a concept of what
2: they work yeah so basically i think uh, there's all different numbers of of camps that that, that, you know what determines a camp but from what I'm aware, there's probably about 16, 17 um, different camps, and what they they are actually houses, but um, they're like grouped in a little area that's just Aboriginal uh, people only, and, and and they're sort of for um, usually from different people groups or regions, and and you know I think I think the biggest challenge is a lot of them uh, aren't well, you know, in those places, and you know they're not functioning. Uh, you know, just with with, with life, that you know, just getting through a day is is hard. You know, just from a health perspective. So often their homes are really um, not clean. And so, you, like Katie mentioned the other day, she went into a home and there's cockroaches in the middle of the day, walking through the floor. The food all spread out. Um, you know, just and just not not clean and hygienic. And you know, the, and the little baby had scabies. Um, you know so a lot of things don't get dealt with health wise, um, like scabies and con- conjunctivitis, all these head lice, head skin issues, whatever.
1: There's a lot of hygiene so problems. A lot
2: of this stuff doesn't get dealt with as well because it's just not a high priority for, for a lot of these people, which is quite sad. Um, and so there's a lot of neglect with children in particular, um, and just you know what you'd see in a third world country, really, um, like rubbish everywhere um all that sort of thing and so this yeah so that gives you a bit of a context um some of the camps are more um yeah more functional and, and doing better than others um but the ones we especially some of the ones we're working with are the uh, more closer the ones that are probably a little bit um struggling a little bit more you know just from from that aspect yeah
0: yeah thanks for, for sharing that re you know recently you guys have been able to purchase the church building that you've been meeting in for a while which is so exciting and our church has been able to help along with um, some others as well. What's that meant for you guys? Um, I guess, having your home as a secure long-term home, what's that meant for you guys and for the church?
1: Yeah, I think for the people, it was especially significant because the building that we got to purchase, we'd been renting prior to to buying it. And before us, uh, it, you know, there was sort of nothing for a while. And then before that there was, um, a really historically a very you know special Aboriginal ministry that people really related to and so it's been interesting it was almost like when we started it up again and we got a lot of team reaching out to the people and um, they heard that it was on in that location everyone came out of the woodwork it was like wow that's back on and um, there's just a sense of coming home for the people I mm-hmm. For you all, you know, who have been generous to this cause, it's it means so much because that place—it's like a site of worship. People have history there, their parents, and they, they raise their kids in church there, and it's like it's been rekindled. And um, yeah, I know the people just felt so blessed, like they weren't forgotten uh, when we were able to do that. So it was, yeah, we had Pastor Richard Guy come for our our building opening, and. We had all kinds of people from different communities and musicians come and it was just a great celebration. So we're, we're yeah. so grateful for yeah. you remembering our work here and the people.
2: And it, and it allows us to be uh, more culturally relevant, I guess, with the way, so we've been able to shift things in the building, like the way we uh, have the seating and that. So it's not so, you know, are trying to get people a bit closer and um, and even just be able to dig a fire pit so we can do kangaroo tail, you know, and cook, cook that up on a, On a on a weekend or whenever we want, you know. So and that's a lot of the ways we meet. Um, even during the week is around the fire, especially this time of year as it gets a bit colder. So we're able to, you know, so these sort of things we just wouldn't be able to do without having that um, having that property. So it's a real real blessing. For us, it's um, become a home. We can meet there whenever we want and use it, utilise it when we, whenever we want and when there's no COVID-19, of course, so, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, but um, we're uh, looking to start up again this Sunday. So we're, we're, uh, we're really uh, excited about that.
0: Yeah, it's that's yeah. fantastic. And we'd planned to have a team with you guys uh, at the start of June, which obviously we've had to postpone. And um, But we're looking forward to still being with you at some point down the track and and being able to to help with the building and just get to to know you guys a little bit more and have have some people come along hey you know we could talk all day i reckon and um hear from you guys all day but what i'd like to do is you know if you were here our church would pray for you and so i would like to just take a moment and pray quickly and pray for what you guys are doing pray for you and your family and and um, then we'll finish our time together is that all right
2: thank
0: you yeah cool Well, Lord, this morning, I just thank you that um, uh, we're able to, to be part of the extension of your kingdom that extends across our, our local area and national area and across the world. And and I, I thank you for Daniel and Katie, the church there at Alice Springs, what they're doing and, and just reaching out to people and to uh, to growing people in their faith, but also practically. And so, Lord, uh, as though we right now we can't actually physically be together, we can't physically lay hands as if they were here with us this weekend. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will surround them right now, that you pour out great blessings upon them and uh, upon their boys as well and across their church and all the people. Lord, I pray that their influence in Alice Springs increases. I pray that um, they'll have greater influence with government and, and the people that, that have influence in that area. Lord, I just pray for them uh, personally that you'll uh, grow their, uh, their finances, their, all the, the resources that they need. And Lord, we just pray today from our church, from Resound Church in Melbourne to uh, their church there in Alice Springs, God, that there'll be a, a strengthening of connection. And Lord, we just pray in the, in the coming season as they are able to recommence services, God, that um, there's something significant takes place. And we uh, ask that in your name today. Amen. 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 Well, thanks guys for being with us. Thank
1: you yeah, thank so you much. For We're us praying morning. for you as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, thank you. And we will definitely get you down another time where yeah. um, we're able to travel and and look forward to to having you here with us in Melbourne at some point.
2: Yeah, we'd love to great. do that, yeah.
0: All right, see you guys later. Yeah, bless Bye. you, see ya. Well, with our missions weekend being focused on our national missions, one of the key areas that we also support is MMM, and Terry Baxter is here to join me today. Uh, Terry is a part of our church here at Resound, has been for many years. Um, Terry is also the CEO of uh, MMM Australia, and so it's great to have you with us here today, Terry. We obviously would like to do something with everyone here, um, but at least we can have a conversation and. And so um, it's great to have you here and we just had a look at a short video just to explain a little bit what MMM is about. But would you like to share a little bit more around how it started, the vision and and
3: those sorts of things? Sure. Well, thanks for the invite, Trent, to be here. And it's great to be with the Resound people today. Um, MMM started 45 years ago on uh, just a a chance meeting of some people uh, with a pastor from Alice Springs who was having difficulty getting his church built and was going to lose the land. So four guys travelled up from Melbourne who were tradies, uh, took the time off work to go up and do it. Uh, they built his church in three weeks, finished it all off and came back. And on the way back, it's a long drive back from Alice Springs, yeah, yeah. they thought, you know, perhaps there's a bit of a need for this. So surveys and questions and within six months of that, they, they started Mobile Mission Maintenance. Uh, and that's morphed into MMM Australia uh, these days. Uh, that's our brand, that's our, our wording. And we do building work for churches, um, building maintenance, repairs, and construction for churches and Christian organisations around Australia and now all around the world.
0: Yep, yeah. So um, interesting, it started in Alice Springs. We just had an interview with Daniel and Katie so in Alice Springs. In Alice Springs, yeah, yeah.
3: So. Well, we were scheduled to do a project up there, but that's yeah. all on hold with uh, the current pandemic.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a shame we're going to be there in a couple of weeks. Uh, hey? We'll be there. So, yeah, we'll get there at some point. Um, would you like to share a little bit about um, some projects that you do? Obviously, uh, you, you just said it's construction and those sorts of things, so uh, opportunity for people to get pr- their practical skills and their hands involved in in doing work for, for churches. But how does that look when someone or a group goes to a, a church or an, uh, a location? What does that look like?
3: Oh, it looks different in every church and every location, Trent. But, uh, no, look, really, uh, probably 80% of what we do is is maintenance and repairs, uh, helping churches out. the vision behind it is that, you know, churches shouldn't really be focused on their buildings. And a wise man whose initials were Wayne Swift once said to me that the purpose of the church is not to own buildings, it's to reach the lost. Yeah. And that yeah. stayed heavy in my heart. He he said that to me a long time before I went to M M N. But it stayed heavy in my heart because we were looking at you know thirteen thirty at the time. Yeah. And uh, so so churches shouldn't be focused on that. They should be focused on the lost. And and yet so many churches get caught up with maintaining their building that becomes the focus and the drive to their church. Mobile Mission Maintenance is there to make sure that churches can focus on what they do and not so much on their building. So we do all sorts of projects, the other 20% of our projects is construction um, and that's a little bit more complicated but we have the capability, Trent, to build a building in our factory in Mitcham out of rolled steel, pack it down into a shipping crate or a shipping container, whatever's necessary and send that anywhere in the world. And uh, last year I had the great joy of having Mal and Carlo come with me on a project to uh, Vanuatu. We all suffered for the Lord in Vanuatu. I was
0: going to say, was it a holiday or a a project? You should talk to those guys
3: about what it was like.
0: I heard they did some work. There was someone else on the trip that didn't do quite so much work, but they'll remain nameless.
3: uh, I'm not going to go into what what happens on a project site stays on a project site. But what we were doing there was actually building a medical clinic, and it's the only... The only medical clinic outside of Port Vila on the main island yeah, of Afate, right. and it was really significant. And it, it, you know, I say we were suffering for the Lord there, it was a fantastic time, but there was yep. some pretty hard yakka that yeah, went on. Yep. It was the hottest period they'd had in years, and we were sleeping, eight of us. I slept with seven other chainsaws in a room. <laughs> uh, on a on a hard concrete floor yeah. with a mat that was one inch thick for two weeks while wow. we built this project. Yeah. But we got it done yeah. and, and that's the capabilities that we've got is to, is to build a building and send it anywhere in the world. And at yeah. the moment, you know, we're looking at a project in Papua New Guinea. I was up there uh, just before Christmas last year scoping it yeah. out and talking and we're in the design phase to do a similar thing. And we're building up there uh, as soon as we can get back there. Uh, two TB wards uh, yeah, right. for a hospital in a, in a very rural area on the north w- eastern coastline.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And so your, your projects at the moment are obviously on hold. Yep. And people can't travel. How does it coming out the other side of this? Um, how, do, how does that look for you guys?
3: Oh, for me personally, it's a lot of work. We're yeah. trying to plan this and how do we do it? How do we comply with legislation, yeah. uh, with the government's requirements? What does it look like? How do we get our teams back uh, into the first set of projects and then the wider circle and yeah. then eventually, what does it look like, perhaps in 12 months' time when we can go flat out again?
0: Yeah, because I guess between state borders and things is a challenge right It's now. really
3: complex. Yeah. Um, you know, we're seven independent states who have all got their own premiers who all want to do their own thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but we we work with that and, yeah. and just put some broad guidelines around it and our our regional teams are pretty adept at making sure they comply with with government legislation in all areas work health and safety and uh, the health bit is a big thing at the moment
0: yeah and your funding comes Purely from donations and grants.
3: Yep. or yep. mostly donations. We've been really blessed this year to have some grants from the governments. Yep. Great. Uh, both the Victorian and federal governments. That's really helped us along. And we've put an appeal out as well, and we've had a fantastic response to that.
0: Yep. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Terry, for just taking a few minutes, sharing a little bit more about MMM, and and I'm sure you know we're praying for the the organisation and for um, you know for yourselves as you come out the other side, yep. of this, And all your volunteers that. I guess, too, have now probably not got that outlet or that, that ministry component and just praying that this time yeah, um, will be significant yeah. for you guys even still.
3: Well, the support of uh, 1330, uh, which is now obviously uh, Resound Church, yep. is, has been fantastic over the years. And uh, Wayne and the leadership team have really always been there for me and for the organisation. So thank you. Yep. No worries. Good to have you with us. Thanks, bud.
0: Well, hey, wasn't it great to hear from Daniel and Katie and to catch up with Terry as well that we know and and just hear a bit about the the different areas that we support as part of our Reach and Send Missions program. Uh, I want to share a few thoughts with you just before we uh, finish our service today. And, you know, it's... Interesting, we're, we're still fairly restricted in what we can do as far as um, out in our society and community and some things are starting to change, which is, which is really good and schools are going to be back soon and, and all those things. But I was thinking about a whole group of people about 2,000 years ago that were in a similar situation to us. Uh, they weren't affected by a virus, but they were affected by persecution and there was restriction. You know, a whole group of people that followed after Jesus, like us, uh, were in a place of restriction as well. Uh, and, and somehow, some way, they were able to reach out and we are now sitting here and we follow Jesus because of what they did. Uh, they weren't too indifferent to us. And so I want us to, to just think about that today, that we can still have an impact. We might be restricted right now. We might not be able to do the things that we thought we could do. Uh, Maybe the things that we could do in the past. We can't travel to these areas that we've been talking about. We can't um, do all the same things, but we can still have an impact. I I wonder what the disciples and the the followers of Christ 2000 years ago were wondering, how are they going to take this message that they've got? How how are they going to spread this across the world how are they going to reach more people and share the good news of jesus christ a scripture that many of us would know is matthew 28 19 and 20 and jesus said just before um, he went back to heaven he said therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit teach these new disciples to obey all the commands i have given you and be sure of this this is great Uh, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus gave us a commission. Uh, He gave us an obligation to, to, to carry something, to reach out and to take his message of good news, of salvation to all people. You know, those disciples and those early believers were gathered in homes as well, like we are today. We're in our homes. But they were able to have an impact. We can't discount the impact that we can have in our context right now, right uh, here today, you know, we can give financially, and Wayne will share in a moment about the ways that we can do that. That will definitely have an impact. But today, I want us to to understand that we can take the message of Jesus to people, regardless of the circumstance that we're in. It might look different to what we would think, uh, the way that we might have done it a few months ago. But the disciples and those early believers, they didn't have Zoom. They, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have social media. They had some words from Jesus. They, they probably didn't even have much of it written down. And somehow the world has been changed uh, because they did what Jesus asked them to do. You know, Acts 1 says, um, "But you," and Jesus again is talking to them, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Again, the scripture that we talk about a lot when we're discussing missions. But Jesus is there and he's saying, go and be my witnesses. Share what you have in the ways that you can. Think about the ways that you can share who Jesus is in your life. Maybe that's on social media. Maybe that's talking to someone. Um, as part of missions weekends we can be a part of our our different programs and and things will go back to normal in some way shape or form in the future we'll be able to do trips again Uh, we don't know when that is and we'll be able to support those areas across the world and across our nation but all of these people in those early days carried a weight they carried a weight about um, the message that Jesus had left them with I want us to carry that weight as well I want us to carry uh, a sense of obligation to do something with what Jesus has given us. Uh, an obligation to have to reach out and, and share that message. You know, missions isn't just a department of our church. We, we don't just do mission Sunday and, and talk about different areas that we give money to. It would be easy to do that. Mission is about who we are as people. It's about who we are as a church. And, and we're taking these weekends to focus on those areas that we give to. But it should be something in our heart. It should be something that we want to do all the time. You, you know, a scripture I love is in Acts 2. And I think it relates to where we're at at the moment as well. And the scripture says in Acts 2.43, where, where the people were gathered together. In their homes, the disciples were preaching. They performed many miracles. And the word there says they were all in awe. They had great awe. The awe came over them. And I was reading this just recently and I'm thinking, well, what, do, what is this awe? And something came over them that they had. And the description of awe is a feeling of reverently respect, reverent respect mixed with fear or wonder an expectation of what was going to happen i want us to ask ourselves a question today i want us to ask us ourselves do we have an awe for the obligation of what christ has left with us do we have an awe of the expectation of what god's going to do at this time Do we have an awe of the expectation of what God's going to do through us and all these different mission areas? And I want us to ask ask the Holy Spirit today, would he give us a greater sense of awe? You know, we could get in a routine right now of sitting on our couch and enjoying a coffee while we're we're doing church and and just get in this routine of maybe less busy, which which is all right. But let's not lose that awe an expectation of what God could do at this time. I, I really want us to pray for, the, uh, for us to have that sense of awe today. The awe for the needs of others. You know, that we can share and reach out and, and share some of what we have because we're so lucky in this country. Uh, An awe for the lost. Those people that don't yet know Christ. As Jesus said, uh, he wants us to go to our, uh, our local area. And our region, and then also all the ends of the earth. What, what are the, do we have an awe for the lost? And then that awe for God's kingdom to be extended. Do you think we could do that today? As we go about our day, to really meditate on an awe and an anticipation of what God's going to do at this time. Can I leave you with that question and that prayer today? Holy Spirit, Will you come and give us a sense of awe like never before? Let's pray. Lord, this morning or this afternoon, wherever we're engaged with this service, God, I just pray that you will come and give us a greater sense of awe, a greater sense of expectation and anticipation of what you're going to to do in this time. Lord, I ask that uh, despite our what seems restrictive in our lives right now. Lord, somehow you were able to take a a bunch of people thousands of years ago with no technology and no resource and spread the good news across the world to where we're almost as far away as it could possibly be. And yet we know of Christ and we are spreading his word as well. Lord, I pray that today you will put something on our heart where we have a a real sense to take your message to the world, to our our local area, to our our nation and to all the ends of the earth. God, I pray that as we give financially, as we give in our time, uh, that you'll do something in us and you'll grow our heart for people, that you grow our heart. Uh, for what breaks yours. And Lord, that you'll do something in us in this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, church. We'll see you soon. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram, or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.